Gossip is one of the most hurtful and damaging forms of communication. Christians are instructed to steer clear of such cruel indulgences. But here are three excuses you can use to gossip all you want. The community service excuse. I would stop gossiping, but I believe it is a valuable community service that encourages people to do right, because if they do wrong, they will be gossiped about. Gossip is like an anonymous accountability group. The self-defense excuse. I would try to not gossip, but what if I stop gossiping and people gossip about me thinking I'm too good to gossip with them? I've got to keep gossiping, so I'm not gossiped about. And finally, the helpful excuse. I don't gossip. I just tell people ways that they can pray for other people because of things I've heard about them. So when I told people that Mrs. Green was leaving her husband, who I heard was an alcoholic, I wasn't gossiping. I was just telling everyone that would listen how they could pray for Mrs. Green. I'm being helpful. The Christian's Guide to Excuses. Wishing you good luck and great excuses. What makes me uh, concerned a little bit is I saw some of you furiously taking notes during that part. Uh, that was not that was satire. I just want to write that down to make sure you know that, all right? Well, coming out of church, Mrs. Smith asked her husband, did you see that piercing that the Johnson's daughter is parading around with? I didn't even see her, said Mr. Smith. And that dress that Miss Davis was wearing, continued Mrs. Smith, really, don't tell me you think that's the proper outfit for a mother of two. I'm afraid I didn't notice her either, said Mr. Smith. Oh, for heaven's sake, snapped Mrs. Smith. A lot of good it does you to go to church. I don't even know why you come. I'm afraid that conversation has played out more times than any of us can count. And so this morning, we're going to start a new three-week series called Spring Cleaning as we examine our hearts together with the goal of getting rid of things that have accumulated that should not be there, and we're all guilty of that. Now, let me just do a little uh, informal survey this morning. How many of you love to go through your house and deep clean and organize and throw away everything that does not belong? How many of you love to throw things away at your house? How many of you? Yeah, good. I'm among friends. I love that. Nothing brings me greater joy when they uh, tell me at church, hey, we threw away a bunch of stuff. We cleaned out a closet class. I'm like, that is great. That brings me incredible joy. Uh, I love to go through our house uh, look, uh, tear, tear something apart, throw away every non-essential that we don't need. I'm thrilled to see all those garbage bags. Tasha says that sometimes I get a little overzealous. For example, uh, a few months ago we were deep cleaning our closet and I threw away her wedding dress. And she was mad and I comforted her with these, these kind words. I said, honey, you haven't worn that in years, all right? So that, that's, that's not true. I'm just preaching a little bit, all right? And so, but I love that. And so uh, some people, they don't like that. I, I love it. Listen, I get emotional thinking about opening up my pantry and all the soup labels are faced the same way, equally spaced apart. I, like I, that thrills me. Some people, they don't like that. They like to hide stuff and stuff stuff and close the door and cram it shut and those kind of things. And the Bible describes those people as pagans. Just write that down. Those I just shared that as a matter of prayer so you can be a gospel neighbor and pray for them. And so some people don't like that, um, but, but here's the deal. I, I love it, but there's one place that I do not like to go through and take deep inventory of. And it's not my basement, it's not where I hide all my stuff, it's not my garage, and it's not the shed behind my house. It's my heart. Because there are things that accumulate in there that I justify and here's why they're there and someone else put it there and, and it's not that bad and it's not that cluttered and it's okay if it's there for a little while. And so even though I like to go through and deep clean my house or organize and throw stuff away, I'm not always as excited to take that inventory in my own heart. And my guess is, according to scripture, uh, I'm among friends in that category. 
And so let me invite you to take your Bibles and turn this morning to Romans chapter 1. That's where we'll start off. So take your Bible there, your phone, your tablet, whatever you have, and turn there with me. We're going to look at several texts this morning, but we'll start off here uh, in Romans chapter 1. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at things that easily accumulate in our hearts that do not belong there with the hopes that the Spirit of God through the Word of God would search our hearts and allow us to do some spring cleaning and get rid of or repent of some things that do not belong there. And so this morning... I want to start the series off with a message entitled, uh, Getting Rid of Gossip. Uh, Far too often, I think, we make peace with the fact that we're more like Miss Smith there in the beginning of my opening than we care to admit. Listen, I've been doing this long enough to know that some people, I'm convinced, their favorite hymn is, I love to tell the story. But they're not, that's not their favorite hymn for the right reason, right? They want to tell any story, anybody who will listen. They love to tell stories. And gossip is such a common sin that here's what happened. We've domesticated it. We've just said it's not a big deal if it's there. It's, not, it's tame. We've, you know, it's t- such a common thing. You know what gossip is like? It, it always fascinates me when I see on the news the story of a person who uh, had, had a, as a pet, not, not a goldfish, not a dog, not a cat. They had like a tiger or a lion or a gorilla or, or something like some animal, right? And then all of a sudden there's a headline that comes out, mysteriously, owner mauled by tiger. There's no mystery in that. That's what tigers do. They eat people, all right? And so they think that I'm going to take this wild animal and domesticate it, and it's totally fine. We do the same thing with gossip. We look at it and go, oh, it's, it's common, it's, it's totally, it's harmless. We've domesticated it, and because of that, we don't realize just like a lion can devour someone, gossip devours someone's character. And then we sit back and wonder, how in the world did that happen? Because all of the while, we treat it as common when God looks at it as something totally different. Now, in Romans chapter 1, Paul is making the case that everybody, everybody is sinful and in need of rescuing by the grace of God. And so if you're a person, I think everybody's basically good. I think that's the title of one of the most popular country songs out right now. I believe everyone's good. Listen, Paul disagrees in Romans 1, 2, and 3. Paul says, no, no, no. Actually, everyone is wicked. And they need to be redeemed by the gospel in chapter 4 and 5, and he goes on. So, so in Romans chapter 1, he's going to list the things. He says, hey, listen, because man is so sinful and he wants his own way, in Romans chapter 1, here beginning in verse 28, God basically says this, all right, listen, you want it that way? I'll just give you over to all those things that you wanted, and this is what your life will look like, okay? So that's the context we're dropping in. And, and this is a, listen, this is a headline list of sins. I mean, there's some... Big hitters in there, okay? So Romans chapter 1, that's the context, beginning in verse 28 down through verse 32. It says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. In other words, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it your way, God. I like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a debased mind. God just said, hey, listen, if that's what you want, then, then go on. God gave them over to a debased mind uh, to do those things which are not fitting. And then he starts listing those things. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual morality, wickedness, uh, covetousness, I can't ever say that word, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, there's our text right there, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, Inventors of evil things, you get that? These people are so wicked, they're finding new ways to sin. That's what that means. Inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things 
are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who do practice them. And so when, when you look at the sins, listen, these are headliners, right? I mean, he talks about sexual morality. He talks about murder. He talks about inventing new ways to do evil. He says, basically, listen, these people, I've given them over to whatever they want to do, and these are the things that characterize their life. And here's what I want you to notice this morning, that in that list category, headlining, heinous sins, murder, sexual morality, uncleanness, unrighteous, all of those things, in that same list, he gives two words that are similar words. He talks about those who are whispers and those who are backbiters. What he's describing there are people engaged in gossip and slander. And so even though we've domesticated, we're like, oh, it's fine. We all do it. We all entertain it. We've all been guilty of it. Here's what God says. Hey, listen, when, when I gave a person over to a debased mind, they did all these things, and that's terrible, and murder, and all those things. And guess what? In that same category from God's perspective that grieves God is gossip and slander, whisperings, backbitings, all of those things. And so uh, we tolerate gossip because here's why. We've all been guilty of it. We, we look at the, some of those sins on that list that we've not been guilty of, like I've never murdered anybody, I've never done this, never done that, and, and, and we're, we're quick to pass judgment. But when it comes to gossip, we're entertaining it, gossip, slander, backbiting, whispers, all those things. We're a little softer on that because here's why. It's a lot harder to condemn someone on a sin that I'm guilty of myself. And so sometimes we're really soft on it when God puts it in the category with all of those headlining, heinous types of sins. So from God's perspective, uh, it is, it is um, a grievous, grievous thing. And so we shrug it off. We minimize it. Uh, sometimes we, we spiritualize it. Well, I just was sharing, you know, I just wanted you to pray. That's why I shared that, those things. But the reality is this. God looks at it in a totally different manner. Now, if you've ever heard me teach, you know that I love practical. Like, like tell me what the Bible says Tell me what it means, and then help me, show me what it looks like to live out of that truth. And so when I organized my, my thoughts around the topic this week as I'm studying, I came up with the simplest questions I could think of. I don't want anyone walking out of here and going, oh, that was really deep. You know what that means? I have no idea what he was talking about, right? I want you to walk out of here and go, hey, I know exactly what he was talking about, and here's what I'm going to do with it. So here's the simplest questions I could think of on this topic. First question is so simple. Here's what it is. What is gossip? What is it? Sometimes we participate in gossip unknowingly. Sometimes we entertain gossip unknowingly. And the reason is because of this. We're not exactly sure what it is. You know, there's all uh, kinds of questions. Is it, uh, is it only gossip if it's not true? Is that what gossip is? Um, is gossip and slander the same thing? Uh, or my personal favorite as a pastor, if I, if, is it gossip if I phrase it in the form of a prayer request? Is it gossip then, Right? And so we're not totally sure on what it is. And so there's all kinds of definitions, all kinds of descriptions of what gossip is on the subject. Some say that gossip is sharing derogatory information about a third party. Uh, others say that they define it more nearly. It says it's sharing information that is untrue and unflattering uh, to someone else. Some have said gossip is sharing about someone's sin to someone other than the person who committed it. Others say it's simply, it's repeating of rumors. Webster's Dictionary defines it this way. It says it's a person who habitually reveals personal or sensational facts or a rumor or report of an intimate nature. Now, th those are all helpful descriptions. Those are all kind of paint a picture. But here's the deal. When I'm forming my thoughts on something, I don't want culture to define it for me. I don't want Webster's to define it for me. I want the all-sufficient, authoritative Word of God to define and de delineate exactly what something is. And so I want my thoughts to come from biblical thoughts, okay? So uh, here's the deal. When I look for this word uh, gossip in the Bible, 
in, in the English translations, it, it's not used a whole lot. Oftentimes words that are not, it's not translated as gossip in a lot of places. But when you look in the Greek and Hebrew, it's actually used uh, fairly common. So let me just share with you a couple things. First, from the Old Testament, the word gossip is the translation of the word rabah. And here's what that word means. Whispering, defamation, evil report, and rumor. Uh, it can mean any of those four things. Let me share some examples of where that word is used in the Old Testament. Uh, Psalm 31.13 says this, I've heard the many rumors about me. It's, it's that word Rabah. And I'm surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. Here's the same verse in a different translation. For I hear many whispering. Same word there in the root, in the, in the uh, Hebrew. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 10. For I heard many mocking. It's the same root word there, the word rabah, uh, for fear, report, they say, we'll report all my acquaintances, watch for my stumbling, saying, perhaps he can be induced and we'll prevail against him, take revenge on him. So the idea here is the same, different words. Uh, everyone knows what whispering is, right? But the idea here in these passages, it's whispering, whispers with the intent to harm someone else's character, defamation, if you will. Listen to a couple other places in the book of Proverbs, which is my favorite Old Testament book. Proverbs ten eighteen says this, Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. That word slander is the word rabah in the Hebrew. Proverbs 25, 9 and 10, debate your case with your neighbor, and do not disclose the secret to another, lest he who hears it expose your shame and your reputation be ruined. So, so in the Old Testament, it's clear. It's whisperings, it's defaming someone, it's sharing things that, that are unflattering to them, all those same root word in the Hebrew. But what about in the New Testament? There's a couple places in the New Testament this word is used. And so, um, so uh, the word in the New Testament is found in two places in the Greek. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, here's one of them. For I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish. Let there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbiting, whisperings, conceits, and tumults. There's the word in the Greek. Romans 1.29. Look at verse 29 again in our, our passage here. Uh, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual morality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are, here it is, whisperers. That's the idea. So, so here's, here's what gossip is. Based on the Old Testament, based on the New Testament, what we find, this isn't the only definition we could use, but this is a definition that is faithful to the text. Here, here's the definition I would give you. Gossip is sharing derogatory information about someone with the intent to cause damage to their reputation. Now, if you're listening, say amen. Whether that information is true or not. Because sometimes what we say is this, well, it wasn't gossip because what I shared uh, was actually true. Listen, gossip is sharing information uh, with the intent to cause damage to someone's reputation, whether or not that information is true or false. And so here's, here's another question. Are, are gossip and slander the, the same thing? They're not exactly the same thing, but they're actually uh, first cousins so much of the fact you see them often in Scripture uh, side by side in the text. Go back to verse 29 again. Verse 29 at the end, he goes, that list of sins, he says, they are whisperers, backbiters, 
haters of God, and then he goes to that list. And so the word whispers and backbiters in the Greek are also the same words often translated gossip and slander. Side by side, you often see them uh, in the scriptures. As a matter of fact, uh, the New American Standard three times, it uses the phrase malicious gossips where other translations use slander. So, so these words are not exactly the same, but they are very, very close in nature. Here's the difference between the two. Gossip is sharing something that's defaming to someone's character. It may be true information it may be false. Slander, the only difference is slander is always false. Slander is always false. It's false information shared with the intent to degrade or defame someone else's character, the intent to harm them. Gossip may be true, but hear me this morning. Even if what you share is true, if the motive is to degrade their character, you are engaged in gossip, and it's the same thing from God's perspective, whether or not what you're sharing is true or if it is true false. Here's what's interesting. When you see those two words here in Romans chapter 1, they're right in the same passage as people engaged in headlining sins like, like sexual morality that make headlines and those kind of things. You know what that means contextually according to this passage? That listen, that means when you gossip about someone who's known to be sexually immoral, God is just as grieved with you as he is the person who's sexually immoral. Now, different sins have different consequences as they play out, but from God's perspective, God is just as grieved by the person who gossips about a person who's sexually immoral as he is the person who's engaged in sexual immorality. And so gossip, gossip is whispering about someone with the intent to damage their character regardless of whether or not what you're sharing is true or false. It's either gossip or slander, and God is grieved by both of them. So that's what gossip is from a biblical perspective. Here's the second question. Is it a big deal? Right? Raise your hand if you've never gossiped. Right? I mean, like, everybody's guilty of it. Everybody's entertained gossip. Right? Some of you maybe on the way in is like, oh, I heard something. Right? Like, we've all been guilty of that. And so, so, so here, is it really that big of a deal? It's so common that we minimize it. Well, here's something I want you to understand about what the word means and, and where it's associated with it. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't, I didn't even know this until I started studying this week. So I learned something new this week, which I do every uh, single week. And so uh, the words gossip and slander are often used side by side. Sometimes they're almost interchangeable. And so here's what I want you to understand. The word slander in Scripture the word in the original language, uh, it's the same root word, diablos, that we translate the word devil in Scripture. Same word. When slander is used, uh, it's the same root word, diablos, in the Greek as the word often translated uh, Satan or devil in the Bible. Matter of fact, that word uh, slander, uh, Satan himself is called a slander, described as that 33 times in the New Testament, 35 times he's described as Satan himself. So when the Bible talks about the devil, it often calls him the slander. As a matter of fact, if we translate our Bibles out literally, let me read to you a couple of passages, how they literally would translate out. Uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 says this, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the, now our English Bibles say the devil, but in the Greek it says by the slanderer. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 8, when that verse, you know, Satan's like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom may devour. If you translate that literally from the Greek, it would read this way. Your adversary, the slanderer, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. 
You know what Satan does? Romans chapter, or Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 says this, that the, Satan occupies himself day and night going to and fro the throne of God, accusing the brethren, serving as the slanderer, going before God and saying, look at their life. They don't belong to you. They don't love you. There's no way they're born again. Look, look at their life. Accusing the brethren. And so in describing that, his primary motive, his primary job is to slander believers. So what does that mean? What that means is this, that when you and I engage in gossip or entertain gossip, we are behaving just like the devil himself. The same root word to describe a slanderer is the same root word to describe the devil in Scripture. That's how big of a deal it is. You're behaving like the devil, literally himself, when you engage in gossip in slander. Now, let me ask you a question. And I understand that when I ask this question, to make the point, I'm using generalizations about sins and categories, so I, so I openly admit that. Let me just ask you a question. Who would have more right to be angry? A woman who found out her husband was engaged in pornography or a husband who found out his wife was engaged in gossip? Now, do different sins have different consequences as they play out? Absolutely. But on the heart motive level, who would have right from a heart motive level to, to be played out? Here's what I'm going to argue. They're not that different on the heart level. Pastor and author Scott Sauls likens the sin of gossip to the sin of pornography. This is the most absolutely insightful comment I've ever heard on gossip, but he's 100% right. Listen to what he says comparing the two sins. He said gossip and pornography aren't all that different. He says, think about it. Gossip is a way to exploit someone else's weakness without making a commitment to them. We gossip for cheap thrills and to feel better about ourselves entirely at someone else's expense. We objectify others with gossip. We use them for our own selfish gain without ever making a commitment to them. And that's the exact same thing people do when they engage in pornography. Listen, he's 100% right. Do different sins have different natural consequences? Absolutely. Is the same heart root issue going on in gossip and pornography? Absolutely. I'm exploiting someone else. Why? To objectify them so that I can get pleasure from them without ever making a commitment to them. So is it a big deal? Listen, it's a huge deal. You're like the devil himself. It's just like getting engaged in pornography on a heart level. So what's the third question? What's the root issue behind gossip? If it's a wicked thing, if we've all been hurt by it, if we all understand... What's the root issue behind gossip? Now, if you've been around here for a little while, you know one of our core convictions is this. We teach to the heart, not to the habit. What I mean by that is this. I'm not interested in you changing your behavior. All right? Because if your heart doesn't transform, then whatever captures the affections of your heart, that will drive your behavior. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. When Jesus gave his life on Calvary, he didn't die so that people would be better behaved. Jesus died to transform the affections of your heart. And until he alone satisfies the affections of your heart, you'll pursue things that offer what they cannot produce. Only he can. And so whatever's captured your heart affection will drive your behavior, is what Proverbs 4, 20 says. So we teach to the heart, not to the habit. It, all right. So what is the heart issue, the heart affection going on when a person is engaged in gossip? Now, when you hear that, you're probably thinking, I already know. I already know. It's insecurity, right? Like the reason people gossip is because they're insecure, and so therefore they talk bad about someone else because then they feel better, they look better, those kind of things. And so the root issue behind gossip is insecure. Listen, that's not the root issue behind gossip. I'm not saying that insecurity is not adding fuel to the fire, but if you're listening this morning, say amen. This is so important. The heart issue behind gossip, the driving force 
behind insecurity-fueled gossip is this. It's shame. It's shame. And just like gossip and slander have a little variation, even though they're similar, guilt and shame are two different things. Let me help you understand the difference. Guilt has to do with past regret. Shame has to do with present identity. Guilt has to do uh, with something I've done, past tense. Shame is who I am in the present tense. In guilt, I'm sorry about my past sins. In shame, I am my sin. Shame's favorite two words are less than, and if I constantly have this nagging feeling that I'm less than because shame has reoriented my identity into believing that, that I'm less than, then one of the things that medicates that pain is speaking poorly about other people because when they look less than, I feel better about being less than in my eyes. And so the root issue behind gossip is not insecurity. The root issue is shame. My identity has been altered by shame. It's my sin has become who I am, not what I did. And so it's not the same as guilt. And when I have a broken identity and I do not see myself as Christ sees me in him, then one of the ways I medicate against that is I speak poorly about other people because when they look bad, I don't feel as bad. And so what's going on in the heart of a person that gossips? Shame has changed their identity. And to self-salvation, they speak poorly about other people who when they look bad, and everyone knows they look bad because of what I just shared, I don't feel as bad as I do. And so the root issue is shame that's going on. And that's the motive behind a person that gossips. Listen, we spend a majority of our lives trying to strategize on ways to cover up shame. And, And listen, man was but a few days old. And already he's trying to cover up shame. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, they're total innocence. They're naked as a jaybird. They don't care. They're innocent about it. All of a sudden their eyes are open. They realize, oh no, our identity is no longer innocent. Our identity is now shameful. And so what did they do? They run before God and say, God, we've sinned and forgive us and restore. No, no, no. They hid. Why? Because they were ashamed. And so what did they do to fix their shame? They tried to cover it up with fig leaves. And you know what you and I do to try and fix our shame? We try and cover up feeling less than by making other people look less than through gossip. And so the root issue going on is not insecurity, it's shame. My identity has been broken by sin, and a self-salvation strategy is to make other people look broken by speaking poorly about them, whether what I share is true or not. We try to cover up shame by drawing attention to the flaws and weaknesses of other people. And here's what we tell ourselves: If I just keep keep over and over speaking poorly about someone else, if I just speak badly about someone else, enough people, then eventually I won't feel so bad about myself. Because I can look around and go, yes, I feel less than, but but I know this about them, and and I want to convince you that this is true about them, and this is true, and those kinds of things. Listen, 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 listen. What gossip is, is this. What it is, is this. It's saying that Jesus is not enough. 
that who he has declared me to be in him, not just my sins forgiven, not just a home in heaven, but a new identity in the present. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, new identity in him is not satisfying enough to my heart, or I don't believe that enough to the point where I'm living out of it, and because Jesus is not enough to satisfy my identity, I spend time trying to ruin other people's identity because when they look bad, I don't feel as bad. Gossip is saying publicly to anyone who will listen, Jesus is not enough to satisfy my identity crisis, and so therefore, I'm going to make sure the identity of everyone else is defamed because when they look bad, I don't feel as bad. Listen, if you're engaged in gossip, the goal is not to walk out of here and try harder to speak uh, to speak better about other people. That's moralism. You don't even need Jesus for that. The goal is to ask, who broke my identity? What point did shame enter my life? Why am I no longer living in the freedom of who I am in Christ to the point where I've got to make sure everyone else looks bad so I don't feel bad? If you're engaged in gossip, hear me this morning. You don't have a gossip problem. You've got a case of mistaken identity. You don't know who you are in Christ or who you could be in Jesus. You don't understand who he's declared you to be. And because that's true, you feel less than. And because you do, you make sure other people look less than through gossip. Did you get all that in your notes? If you're guilty of gossip, that's the fruit of a root of shame. And so you need to start asking questions. Who or what made me feel less than? At what point did I start living out of the identity of my sin or sin committed against me instead of living out of the identity that Jesus gave me in him? Gossip is a case of mistaken identity. And until you settle that issue, you will spend time making sure others look as bad as you feel through gossip. You didn't know you were coming to group counseling today, did you? You're welcome. As you leave today in the baskets, leave your insurance card so we can bill them, all right? Now, if you're like me, I, 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 don't, I don't find myself engaging in gossip a whole lot. Although I've studied this week, and this weekend I was getting ready to gossip about someone else uh, at a pastor's conference about a pastor. And, I mean, literally, as I'm walking to that person, like, oh, I'm going to share this story. It's a funny story, but it's at someone else's expense. I mean, right on the spot, I walked away. I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm there, right there. But, but I don't, you know what I struggle with more? Entertaining gossip. Not so much gossiping, but entertaining gossip. And so here's the last question I'll work through. We can get out, out of here early. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, what, what, what do we do when we encounter gossip? All right, so, so this week I'm studying, and I came across uh, an article that a guy had written about how to entertain gossip. And it, listen, it was, it, was, it was dead on. It was practical, and it was biblical. And so, so I want to share it with you. This, these are not my words. These are his, but it was so good. I want to share it with you, even if uh, he gets credit, all right? So here's what he says. He said three things. You know a pastor wrote this because they all start with the same letter. It's alliterated, right? But, but it's good. Here's what he said. It's number one, refuse it. Refuse it. It doesn't take too many times of going to someone with the intent to gossip and them just saying, ho, 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 time out, time out. I feel like we're gossiping. I don't, I don't want to entertain that. It doesn't take too many times that happening before all of a sudden you know, I can't go to this person and gossip. They're not going to entertain it. They're going to refuse it. And so the obvious first step in shutting down gossip would be to convince people how God views gossip. Listen, the next time someone comes up to gossip and say, hey, hang on just real quickly, you old slanderer. You're like the devil himself. Amen. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you, Lucifer. What were you saying? Could you speak up? 
You don't just say, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just, so so now, now here's what something, and this is real, this happens. Uh, people come and share things with me about other people, and sometimes because they want counsel, sometimes people would come to you and say, I want to share this about this, but, but, but I want your counsel, so I want your feedback, I want you to know how to share. And so sometimes they're sincere. Now here's the deal. Sometimes, this is shocking, sometimes a Christian will share things with you because they want your counsel, but they're not sincere. <gasps> that happens sometimes, all right? So here's what you should do. When someone comes and says, hey, can I share something with you? And you say, was it about someone else? Actually, it is. Can I share something with you? Because I want your feedback. I want your counsel. Here's the question you should ask. You say, before you share with me, after I give you my response, are you willing to go and talk to that person with the counsel I gave you? And then if the question is no, they don't want your counsel. They want your ear. Because if they don't want to take your counsel and use that to go have a reconciling conversation, they're not interested in reconciliation. They're not there for counsel. They're just there to vent and blow up about someone else. Because when they look bad, I don't feel as bad on the inside because shame has altered my identity. So ask them, hey, before you share with me, whatever I share, are you, are you willing to go back to this person with the counsel I gave you? If they say no, then just say, you know what, I'm going to have to refuse that. So we refuse it. Number two, we rebuke it. We rebuke it. We offer words of admonishment. Now listen, we all need admonishment. Admonishment is sharing truth with the intent to correct. It's not harsh, but it's sharing truth with the intent to correct. And listen, everybody in the room, me included, our hearts are deceived by our own heart, uh, motives and affections and all those things. Jeremiah 17, 9, we've taught that over and over. And because that is true, I need people in my life to say, hey, listen, uh, some of the things you say you believe and some of the things you're doing, there's a disconnect. And so I just want to speak truth into your life. That's called admonishment. And I need it and you need it because our hearts will deceive us. In the area of gossip, what our heart will say, it's not gossip, it's true. Oh, just, just a prayer request, I just wanted counsel, all the while deceived by our hearts. And so there are times where you don't have to speak admonishment into people's lives. Now, if you're here and you're like, you know what, I don't really care for admonishment. I don't, it just feels judgmental and just feels... You know, I know, I know the Bible says we need, I know it's in the Bible, like, I just, I just don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a big fan. Let me just, let me offer some count. I want you to write this down, all right? Write this down. You ready? Write this down. Grow up! You know what that, I looked that up in the Greek. You know what it's translated? Grow up! If you can't handle someone speaking truth, you don't even fathom how awkward it is for them, how difficult it is for them, they love you and those kind of things. Listen, when someone loves you enough to speak truth into your life in the air of gossip and says, you know what, you've been sharing a lot about this person, but you've never went to them. I, I offer advice, you never do anything with it. I think you just want to talk poorly about them, and I just got to encourage you to stop that because it grieves the heart of God. And you're like, you're judging me. Can I share with you a secret this morning? Did you know that believers are supposed to be judging other believers? Did you know that? A part of sharpening each other, we're not to judge unbelievers. God takes care of that. We shouldn't judge people's motives. We shouldn't judge quickly. We shouldn't judge without facts. There's all kinds of parameters. But you and I should be judging the intent of other people and holding them accountable. And if you can't handle that, then listen, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, how many times you've been baptized or walked down an aisle, you need to grow up. Because we all need admonishment. And sometimes I need rebuked for giving and entertaining gossip. 
You know what that leads to? Holiness in my life. Holiness. You know that holiness is a, is a group project? We're all working together, partnering with God for the sanctification of the people around us. God uses people to speak truth in my life. Now, let me just offer this little word of caution because I think we all, do you know people who they take way too much joy in offering correction to other people? You ever met a person like that? You know, I think I've been struggling with gossip. Actually, now that you mention it, I've noticed that for quite a big smile on their face. They can't wait to correct you, right? You all know people like that? They're way too giddy about correction. They're excited. Listen, if you're excited to admonish someone, you're not ready to do it. Because when I love that person, and my motive is not to destroy them or speak poorly of them, my motive is to build them up. And I know it's going to be an awkward conversation because I'm going to offer some correction here. Listen, I'm not ready to offer correction if I'm excited to do it. I'm grieved to do it when my heart's in the right place because I'm not concerned about what I get to say and speak my mind. I'm concerned about my love for this person and our friendship, relationship. And so we refuse it. We rebuke it. Here's the third one. We redirect it. There's three facets to this. Number one, redirect people back to Christ. Here's a great rule of thumb. Great rule of thumb for you and for me and for people that, that we're having a conversation with about God. So here's a great rule of thumb. Before you talk to, about someone, to someone, ask yourself a simple question. Have I talked to the Lord first? Can, can you imagine how different the course of our relationships would be before if I went and talked to someone about someone, I talked to the Lord first and just said, Lord, I'm grieved by this, and I just want your heart in this matter. I want you to be honored in my life and their life. I want what's best for them, not what's best for me. I want them built up in holiness, not me being right. And so redirect them back to Christ. Secondly, redirect people back to the person they're gossiping about. Hey, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Here's my counsel, because I think you do want counsel. Now, you've got to go back to this person that you've been gossiping about. Third place to redirect someone is this. Redirect them to go back in humility to other people they've also gossiped to. You know, sometimes you have to ask people, hey, have you shared this with anyone else? And sometimes the answer is, I've shared it with anyone who will listen. Amen? You need to go back to them, too, and say, hey, listen, I was involved in gossip. And even though what I said was true, and even though I phrased it in the form of a prayer request, boy, the intent was to defame their character because when they look bad, I don't feel as bad on the inside. And so my guess is that for some of you, me included, this is an area where we would benefit greatly from some spring cleaning. Where the Word of God would partner together with the Spirit of God and would quicken or make alive the Word of God in our hearts. That the Word of God would do what only it can do. It would open up and expose our true hearts. Hebrews 4.12. Expose our innermost thoughts and affections. And when it does, we would see our hearts as God sees. And using the Word of God as the filter, we would say, Lord, I need some spring cleaning. I've allowed gossip to accumulate in my heart. And I've got to get rid of it. I've got to get rid of it. Because if you don't, it will destroy every relationship you have. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but things are going really well here. Have you noticed that? Just a lot of good things happening. Lots of baptism conversations. Lots of new people coming. Services have been crowded. I've lost 12 pounds. No one's noticed. I just want to share that as well. 
There's a lot of good stuff happening here. Our staff likes each other most of the time, most of the people. You know what that means? We are ripe for disunity. And hear me, church, the ripest fruit in the devil's basket is gossip. And better churches than ours have been destroyed by it. Better churches than ours. And so if you're here and you're guilty of gossip, let me give you in with some good news. The good news is this, is that Christ died for that sin and every other sin you can name. Every single one of them. And if you'll receive him today by faith, he'll cleanse you from all of them. That's the good news of his gospel of grace for gossipers like you and I. And so let's bow our heads right now.